Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series, and my name is Carl Vradenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 17, and the topic for today is anger management. It's a topic that uh, is pretty well of interest to, I think, most people, because everybody finds themselves in a situation every once in a while where you don't like the reaction that you actually had to a situation when you look at it afterwards because you found yourself out of control because you were handling a situation badly by being too angry in the situation and taking inappropriate actions. So this topic today is all about ensuring that you're not a slave to your emotions so that you don't let other people control you, that is, other people that are getting you to react in ways like becoming angry, and you want to be able to control yourself. That's the whole theme of this overall series, is to make sure that you can develop the skills that then you practice for some time that then become routine, and then they become habits. And many of these skills are all about learning how to exert some level of self-control so that you can decide how you would like to react in the situation and the situation or the other people in your life don't control you. Now, what causes the whole problem in the first place? Well, powerful emotions can result from frustration, from hurt, from annoyance, from disappointment. And these can happen in all aspects of your life. This can be everything from a road rage situation where you find yourself being cut off by somebody else that cut in front of you while you were driving. It might be a situation where somebody at work may have said something that really hurt you, really made you angry. Might also be in dealing with friends, may also be in dealing with your partner or your spouse, or in dealing with your children. That's often the source of, you know, frustration that can lead to some level uh, of anger. And most people have some experiences with situations that just really get to them. And often they think back to those situations and realize that they would really have rather have reacted in a different way than they did, but they find themselves absorbed by and pulled into these situations and find themselves reacting without really having had forethought or another way of handling situations. So today's session is all about to give you some ideas on how to handle certain situations that you find yourself in where you are becoming angry and uh, the situation could get out of control. As usual, and those of you who have been regular listeners of this podcast series, and there's many, many of you now, more every day, I'd like to thank you all for your listenership and your interest in this uh, topic area in this in this series. So for those of you who are regular listeners, know that we usually start this off by some famous quotes to get us thinking in interesting ways in this topic area. And for those of you who are new, this is the way that we approach the topic to really draw and most of the ideas that I come up with in this series that I provide to you come from myself, my own training, my own experience, as well as the readings that I've done and by others, as well as the experiences of others as well. And one of the best ways to start with the experiences of others 
but they've given some thought to expressing their views in a particular way, is to go through a list of famous quotes. And I'd like to start off with Waldo Emerson, who says, For every minute you're angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. Benjamin Franklin said, Whatever is begun in anger ends in shame. Marcus Aurelius says, How much more grievous are the consequences of anger than the causes of it? A Chinese proverb says, If you are patient in one moment of anger, you will escape a hundred days of sorrow. Bobby Hull, the hockey player, says, or always used to say, always keep your composure. You can't score from the penalty box. And to win, you've got to score. And lastly, Horace says, anger is a brief lunacy. And that last one really sums it up, that we really get into a situation when we get angry, where your physiological system switches over to the point where the sympathetic nervous system takes over, your uh, whole area of focus is narrowed, and you're essentially preparing your body for fight or flight, which, you know, evolutionarily made a lot of sense. You want to make sure that your, you know, your heart is pumping faster, that you've, you're narrowing your focus so you can really focus on the task at hand, whether it be a fight or, or fleeing the situation. Uh, you also have all your body systems switching into gear so that you can have this focused fight or flight response. Now, while that might well be an appropriate response for many animals and, and the occasional situation you might find yourself in where it's really physical danger that you're experiencing, then these kinds of physiological and psychological reactions may well be very appropriate. But for most of the situations that we in, as humans really get into, this really isn't an appropriate response. In fact, what happens is we lose perspective. We lose our objectivity. We lose a perspective that uh, would give us the broader understanding of what's going on. And we end up doing things that we later regret most of the time. So I'd like to go through, as I usually do, 10 ideas for you to consider in the ways in which you might want to instead approach a situation where you have experienced some level of frustration, hurt, annoyance, or disappointment that has led you to become angry. So let's start with number one. The first one is to pause and don't respond. You know, Stephen Covey always talked about the notion or just reminded us really of the notion that whereas animals typically don't have much of a distance between the time when a stimulus creates or happens and our response to it, they're just an immediate, you know, as soon as there's a stimulus, there's a response to it. He argues that human beings can put a space between a stimulus and response and decide how we'd like to react and I'd like to suggest as this number one is to create that space. When something has just happened that has made you angry, the most important thing that you can do is do nothing, is to just pause. And very importantly, take a deep breath. Now, if it's, you're in the situation itself, the best way to do this 
is to realize that, as I said earlier, the sympathetic nervous system is what kicks in in order to get you ready for fight or flight. The other alternative physiological system that we have in our bodies is the parasympathetic nervous system, and that kicks in when we're relaxed, when we're calm. And one of the ways that you can actually get yourself out of a predominantly sympathetic nervous system response into a parasympathetic one is to control your breathing. So if you take a nice deep breath and then blow out, and if you make the uh, breath out much longer than the breath in, you're actually forcing your parasympathetic nervous system to kick into gear. You can actually check this sometime if you just take your uh, pulse. If you put your finger to your to your wherever you normally take your pulse and get your heartbeat, you'll notice that if you control your breathing and particularly your out breath, if you make that out breath longer and increasingly longer, you'll actually slow slow down and lower your heart rate. So that's what you want to do too when you're in a situation where something just happened that is getting you angry. So if, for example, you're in a situation where, you know, somebody's just cut you off, back, back off, you know, just, just try to get some distance in the situation. Don't react right away. Do that deep breath. You might also consider just counting, you know, count to 10, count to 20, whatever it takes to really get yourself to have some distance between that stimulus and the response that you're going to make uh, to it. So you want to kick in that parasympathetic uh, nervous system. And you very importantly want to just delay. The most important thing in a situation like that is to just not react right away. The number of times that we get ourselves into a situation where we react right away and then, as the quotes that I mentioned earlier, get ourselves in the situation where we react, we react and then we think about it a lot later, you often regret what you did or said in a situation in the heat of anger. So number one then is to pause, get yourself some distance. Number two is to communicate in person and not in other forms like in email or uh, text messages or whatever. Now there may be times when, you know, the other forms of communication are possible, but I'd like to suggest here that if you have a problem with someone, if it's at all possible for you to get together with them in person, it's a whole lot better. And you can also then read the signs better of their reaction, their own state of mind, and you can really gauge the situation better. So the suggestion here is that uh, where you can try to rely on communication in person. Number three, if you are actually thinking of writing this down and whether or not you're going to actually be doing the communication in person or by sending an email, for example, it's actually quite appropriate to write down your feelings. Write down your reaction and what you would like to say to that other person. Write it down, but don't send it. So write yourself that email. Write, write it all out the way that you would actually say it to this person, but don't put their email address in the two line so you don't uh, also send it in in error because what you really want to do is capture these thoughts have a cathartic experience just get that get get your feelings out get your thoughts on paper really get thinking through it in the heat of the moment but don't send it okay number four is and this is related to the 
podcast we had a few episodes ago, you really want to try to understand the other point, person's point of view. Now, the only way that you can really even start to understand the other person's point of view is for you to actually be in a calmer state. You can very, very, very rarely ever really understand somebody else's point of view in a situation like this if, in fact, you're in the heat of the moment. You've got a narrowed focus. You've got the fight or flight you know, reaction going on. You're not able to sit back and take in more of the environment around you or more of the clues or truly try to understand what their point of view is. No, you're, you're, you're focused. You're not looking at that kind of a situation or that kind of a broader perspective at all. So when you're in a calmer state, you've done your breathing, you've done your getting some distance and time beyond the situation that caused the uh, anger to begin with. And now you want to actually seriously think of the other person's point of view, really try to think about it from their perspective. I think if you really calmly thought about it, they may well be still in the wrong in your mind. But chances are that if you really think of where they're coming from, what their motivations are, what the situation was that led to them to say what they did, you'll get a different perspective. And in fact, you'll also, you know, think about uh, situations where, you know, if you're you're uh, seeing somebody uh, cut you off in traffic or whatever, you assume that that's actually them trying to do something to you. And in actual fact, like the same goes, don't attribute uh, that which uh, could be uh, uh, malice to something that could in fact be just uh, incompetence, right? So you, you have this situation where you're getting all really angry because this person has wronged you. But in actual fact, they probably don't even think about it. They didn't even realize they did it. They just uh, either just made a slip up for them at the moment that uh, caused you to uh, get inconvenienced or even could have been a dangerous situation, but it may have just been a complete oversight on their part. They just didn't see you or whatever. When in actual fact, uh, our reaction typically in those situations when we are in the heat of the moment is that this person is just doing this thing to us and we want to sort of strike back. So what you want to do is step back, get the distance, get the time between you and the stimulus, and then really seriously think through what the situation might be from their point of view. Number five is if you are now thinking of, in the situation, let's say something happened at work that you are angry about and you'd like to follow up with a person and really try to resolve the situation, the other thing you're going to want to do here is to stick to the facts and not to the character. Often when you're angry and when you're really trying to sort of get back at the other person, you'll say things like, uh, rather than saying that this is a mess, you'll say, you know, you're a messy person. Well, there's no need often to get into a personal sort of attack on the person's character. It's much more effective to just stick to the facts. You know, there's too much of a mess here. This is really bothering me please do something about it as opposed to, and, and that leads the person to actually make the change because you're not telling them that they have a character that, because uh, typically characters can't, you can't change your character as easily as you can change a situation or change what is in a situation. So if you actually stick to the facts and not the attributes of a person, they won't be able to take as a much f uh, offense at what you're saying. They'll likely also not be able to argue against it as much and won't feel, you know, attacked. And you'll also be able to more likely get a resolution to the situation. Number six, 
is to work on solutions rather than a restating of the problem and focus on the future and not the past. A lot of the time we have this emotional desire to like get even or to to really, you know, get the person to admit to being wrong and and a lot of this is really a motivation to rehash the past to get everybody to agree on what the interpretation of the past is when in actual fact what you really want in the situation is to make the future better you can't really do much more about the past it's past if instead if you focus on what you'd like to see in the future what kind of things you'd like not to happen what kinds of things you'd like to have happen in the future then you're actually working on something that makes some sense and that makes some sense for both of you to plan for because like i said before you can't you know fix the past particularly because that's already uh, happened number seven the focus here is on practicing what you're going to say while visualizing the situation okay so before you actually get to the situation where you're going to say meet this person and talk about the you know, perspective that you have in the situation that led to this anger response on your part and that now you've stepped back and you're calm and you've really thought it through and you now want to really talk to the person and, and talk it through and really focus on what needs to be done in the future. The focus here is to practice it, to really think it through, think it through in your head. You might even want to verbalize it and actually say it out loud, you might even practice what you're going to say with somebody else that's a trusted, you know, friend. And you want to visualize the actual situation. You want to actually think about what uh, the situation might be. Think about what are the what sorts of responses they may have to what you're saying. And then think of a response to that as well, or even change if it's a particular reaction you didn't like, even change the way that you're going about saying that. So really think through the situation, think through what they're going to say back to you so that you don't come into the situation and you say, well, you know, hey, I had no idea that they were going to react like that. Well, if you put yourself in their shoes and try to think about what their reaction be, could be to what you're saying, you're more likely going to be effective at communicating uh, in a, an effective fashion that's going to make you have a future that you want you know, with regard to the situation rather than just uh, getting back into a negative situation that led to the anger in the first place. Number eight, and think about what you're modeling. This is another thing to really motivate you to really communicate effectively. So one, one way, as I said a minute ago, is to visualize, to really think through the whole situation. Think of what the other person in the situation that you're speaking with might, how they might react to what it is that you're saying. But also to get the right perspective on the ways in which you are going to communicate and the kind of tone that you're going to use and the, the kinds of topics uh, that you're going to bring up. Think about, you know, your kids, if you have them, or even just good friends, or maybe even fa other family members that you really admire, think about what they would think if you were to say it in a certain way. And, and a good way to think through this as well, if you ever have a tendency toward road rage, even in a minor way, think of what kind of messages and what kind of modeling you're providing to other people. You know, is this the kind of person that you're proud to be? You know, if you're reacting or if you're swearing or you're you know uh, doing gestures to other drivers or whatever think think about uh, the impact that it would have and and if you were to watch yourself reacting that way think of what your reaction would be 
And I think if you honestly sat back and thought, hmm, my God, if I if I saw somebody reacting that way, I'd, I'd probably, you know, lose some level of respect for the person. And it's also the case that if you do have kids, you got to think about what kind of behavior you're modeling, considering the fact that they really depend on you a lot of the time as a parent for getting an indication of what uh, ways they should behave later in life. And uh, all you need is actually to have your kids actually act out one of these uh, behaviors sometime, it's just even in their play, and you're struck by how observant they are in times when you didn't think they were listening or whatever, and you actually hear them behaving in that way. So when you're thinking through the ways in which you're going to be handling a particular situation, go in and try to imagine how others would react to seeing you uh, saying it the way you are. And that probably will give you an even different perspective yet on how you want to handle situations uh, like this, you know, in the future. Number nine is to practice simply getting control of your emotions in a variety of situations. You know, number one was this whole notion of not responding, try to get yourself out of the situation, really trying to get calm and get, you know, breathing in a fashion that's going to get you more calm and get you into a parasympathetic nervous system sort of state. But one of the things that I think is really effective to practice is even get yourself into a situation where you're likely to get angry, the kind of situations that you normally, that may well get your goat, it would really get you uh, to react. And with full knowledge that you're going into a situation like that, then practice. Practice not re responding in a negative way, not responding at all practicing your breathing so that you're actually getting control of your emotional state. Get yourself into situations like that, even any situation. If, if for driving, for example, there was a, uh, a driver of a bus that I used to take uh, in undergraduate that there were two uh, bus drivers uh, that would uh, alternate driving this particular uh, bus between the campuses. And one guy was a young guy, and he used to uh, just absolutely be on the gas pedal. And he was a kind of a maniac driver, would get extremely angry at people that would cut him off and people that wouldn't let him in and all that kind of stuff. And he just drove very, very, very aggressively. And then there was other, this other older guy who uh, just really took it easy. You know, if somebody butted, butted in front of him, he would just back off a bit and get some additional space between him and the next uh, vehicle. And if somebody wouldn't let him in, he'd just wait, you know, and he'd be let in. What's really interesting is that uh, the bus usually got there faster. The whole route would be faster with the older driver than that young guy. And I sometimes wonder whether that old guy may still be alive and who, who knows whether the, the young guy did because of the, the kind of power, power keg that he was in terms of the situation that he found himself in, the way that he reacted on a regular basis. So, you know, you have, so what I'm suggesting here is to be more like that old guy, right? To really sit in traffic when you're really annoyed. That's the, one of the best, I think, environments to practice this reaction to uh, to anger situations is when you get yourself into a situation like that because you let's if you drive it 
at all in situations like this. You, you get lots of practice doing this. So really practice, you know, really backing off, not reacting negatively, just completely being, you know, out of the situation, if you will. You can also practice in other situations where you know that, you know, maybe it's a conversation or trying to, you know, get your kids to bed. And you know that, that let's say, that's a, a stressful situation that can often lead you to yelling, let's say, or reacting in, a, in an angry fashion. Well, before the situation starts, so get yourself prepared Think about the situation like that that's going to normally get you into that kind of reaction state. And while you're prepared for it, then walk into that situation and control your emotions all the way through. And you'll be amazed in all of these situations as you start to practice this. And don't even think about the reactions that you're going to have, the, the, what you're going to be saying or whatever. Try as much as you can just to be calm in situations that normally get you really angry. And you'll feel a sense of mastery. You'll feel a sense of self-control that is like no other. And you'll also very, very pleasantly be surprised, I think, that you have a very interesting reaction from the others in the situation. If now, all of a sudden, they can't get this kind of a rise out of you, if they now also realize that you're in control, you actually, when you say something firmly, you mean it. And you're not going to go off the handle. You're not going to go yell and scream, right? You get a lot more respect when you react that way, when you're in more control. So the suggestion here is to practice. Practice getting control of your emotions in situations in particular where you know it's difficult for you to keep in control. Number 10 is a similar number 10 to the ones we've had in the last numbers of episodes, and that is that nobody is perfect. And you got to learn from your mistakes. So even if you've done those exercises that I was just talking about, any of them, like this last one, where you're practicing keeping control of your emotions, you know, let's say, you know, you were successful with three out of four, and the fourth one just, you know, got you really angry, and you yelled and screamed, and, you know, your usual, let's say, reaction to it. Well, Think of what pushed you over the edge. What, what made it such that you didn't keep control in this particular situation and learn from that situation. Really step back and think, okay, that one, you know, I let go of that situation. But you know what it was, was this reaction from this particular person or whatever. And maybe it wasn't a situation where you didn't expect something to happen that did happen. And so step back again and think, okay, how can I get more distance uh, on this as well? One of the other things that I find is, uh, is useful in order to practice getting into more of that state when you know that you're going to be in a difficult situation with regard to your reactions to it is to use some other forms of distraction. And I find the iPod is a very good way to do that as well. If you know you're going to be going into a situation that is stressful, a situation that you may well react in a negative way, a really good idea is to just have at least one earphone in, and if things really get out of hand, put two uh, earphones in. And, uh, you know, you got to watch if you're going to uh, be totally out of the situation. You might still need to be communicating. But if you've got some really nice calming music playing, you know, while you're uh, anything that really will, will calm you, that'll be an additional mechanism for getting you into a state that you're 
much more calm. Music and other forms of of sound that it might even be just the sounds of the waves or something. If you can find yourself some music like that, whatever really will calm you down. And you really want to, you know, try to use that as another mechanism for getting you out of the situation and more calm. Because once you're out of the situation, you're more calm. You then are in a situation or in a, in a state of mind where you can now actually think and plan what it is that you're going to say and the ways in which you're going to react. And if you go by these 10 ideas, or even one of them, uh, and as I usually say at this point, really like you to, for the next week, plan one of these items that I've talked about today and plan on doing that. Maybe just, for example, taking the approach to calming yourself in a variety of situations. This number nine that I mentioned. Think about starting to practice that in every situation that you come across that gets you in a particular situation that you may have an angry response normally. Now, a number of you may not have virtually any experiences like this. Most of you, though, I'd like to suggest probably have some level of uh, uh, situations where you're going to have some reaction like this. But depending on the degree to which you have problems with anger management, you might want to do, you know, more or less of these approaches. You might have greater or lesser opportunities to practice these as well, depending on how much of a problem it is to you. But you can really apply these techniques to learn these skills of of dealing with these kinds of situations. Practice them, practice them over and over and over again. As I always say, after you've practiced them and they become routine, then you're going to be developing lifelong habits. And as somebody that really has struggled with some amount of dealing with anger management and certain situations myself in the past, and I've really, I think, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I think I've been very, very successful at applying these techniques that I just uh, took you through in my own life and have also seen it applied in a, a number of other people that I know are also effective at controlling these situations as well. And I often then see people that are not good at reacting in situations like this and think, oh, how unfortunate that they don't have controls of their lives and don't have control of their own emotions. Because it really is something that if you do have good control of your emotions in situations like this, you can be that much more effective and you can be the person that you want to be. So that's the summary of the items that I've prepared for dealing with managing anger. And I'd like to uh, also thank you all for the feedback that you've been providing on this uh, podcast series. A number of you have uh, written in. Uh, a number of you also been providing ratings uh, on this. And also the word has gotten out that the number of people that are actually downloading and subscribing to this podcast have gone up a fair bit. And the last episode that we had was on positive psychology. We had uh, Catherine Britton on that I interviewed. And we had uh, Scott uh, wrote in a response on the website, which is available at lifehabits.podbean.com. And this sort of a lengthy exchange happened between uh, Scott and Catherine that you can read on the site. But they start off by Scott writing, Carl and Catherine, as a layperson interested in this subject area, I found this podcast very interesting. And he goes on and describes what he liked and what additional 
follow-up that he would really appreciate in terms of a couple of topics, which then Catherine responded to in on the site as well. And then uh, Scott finished up by saying, I appreciate the balance in both your talk and in your response. I'll look into the resources you suggest, which I'm sure are better quality than some of those that have seen uh, that paint either side of the issue as a panacea. And thanks again, Scott. So he was uh, quite pleased with, I think, the responses that Catherine provided uh, on the site. And you can go in there and read the responses in detail as well. There was also, in response, Catherine also pointed to another a resource that's also available and the link is now available in the uh, on the sh- uh, show notes in the show notes on the site as well and that is a uh, YouTube video of uh, Martin Seligman you know we talked about in that uh, episode about positive psychology the real father of positive psychology uh, who is Martin Seligman and there's a uh, TED lecture series uh, talk uh, of Martin Seligman Uh, that I think is incredibly insightful. And so I'd suggest that you go and play that one as well. In fact, the whole TED series, I think, is also uh, very, very uh, valuable and insightful. And I'd recommend that as well. It comes in both a video format and a audio format as well. So I'd recommend that as well. So I'd I'd like to suggest that uh, any of you that have any other suggestions for topics or any feedback you've got on previous episodes to send those along either by providing a review of the podcast series in iTunes, which you can do by just searching in the search box of iTunes for Life Habits or my name, Carl Vredenberg. There are two podcast series in iTunes that I do. One is the Life Habits one. The other one is user experience design cast or ux design cast so you can find the life habits one and provide a rating and comment there you can also go to lifehabits.podbean.com and provide your feedback there and you can also of course send to the email address lifehabits at gmail.com and you can go directly to me there as well now i wanted to also ask you all Uh, feedback on whether you would like me to do more interviews like I did with uh, Catherine Britton last time, and also whether you would like to have copies of the top 10 lists that I provide, as well as even the quotes that I provide in these podcast episodes as well. I realize that I provide those uh, while we're doing this session, and while you may at times be sitting down and with a pencil in hand and able to make notes while you go, I realize that as I've been also encouraging many of you to do is to be listening to this while uh, running or doing errands or driving uh, with an MP3 player or an iPod. And if you're doing that, it's probably ill-advised that you try to also make notes while you're driving or while you're on your treadmill. So I thought that it might actually be useful to have these uh, top 10 lists uh, available as well. So let me know whether you think that would be useful. And I'll, I'll, uh, if, if there's enough interest, I will also make that available on the site as well. And it might be easier to be able to print those off so you can have automatic reminders of the ideas that we've talked about on this podcast series. So get back to me on those. Lastly, I'd like to uh, thank you all for listening to this episode also to those of you who have subscribed to the entire series. And we will finish at this point and talk to you all next time. Bye for now.